1: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z ZIBBY20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white open long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal stripes sweater. Several dresses I even wore on Morning America. Check it out. Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. and definitely check out those shows as well. I hope you'll all check out the all new Zibby Mag, Z-I-B-B-Y-M-A-G, the literary lifestyle destination with essays, book news, a lit lifestyle feature, and even some classes. Check it out, zibbymag.com. Meryl Wilsner is the author of Mistakes Were Made, a novel. Meryl writes happily ever afters for queer folks who love women. They are the author of something to talk about and mistakes were made. Born in Michigan, Merrill lived in Portland, Oregon, and Jackson, Mississippi, before returning to the Mitten State. Some of Merrill's favorite things include all four seasons, button-down shirts, the way giraffes run, and their wife. Welcome, Merrill. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't no Have Time to Read Books to discuss "Mistakes Were Made,"
3: a novel. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
2: This was like the kind of book where I opened it up and I was like okay, we're going there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, like, you know, I'm like sitting, reading with my
3: glasses, like, oh, okay. <laughs> very, yeah, we, steamy,
2: very steamy beginning.
3: <laughs> yeah, we, as we like to say, we start off with a bang. Yeah, um, Quite literally. This <laughs> This book actually began as long, long ago as fan fiction. And it was just supposed to be a little steamy one short. That first chapter was just yep. the whole thing. That was all that was going to happen. And then I had friends sort of poking me like, hey, what if, what if other things happened in this? And suddenly now I have a book. <laughs> yeah. So.
2: Well, it's great. I mean, it's like, uh, well, why don't you tell listeners what your book is, is about? <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's start there. Mistakes Were Made is a, about a college senior who has a one-night stand with an older stranger who she meets at a bar. And the next morning she goes to breakfast with her best friend and her best friend's mom who it turns out is the older stranger that she had the one night stand with. Obviously, that should be the end of it. But the, what, what my friends poked me about to continue <laughs> was, um, oh, what if, what if she goes home and visits over winter break? So we sort of continue from there. And yeah, it's it's definitely a high heat uh, romance. I think we've been calling it a com. Oh, I um, like it. <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't know that so. I've read a com before, but maybe now I have to do this more often. <laughs> I think,
3: I honestly think that uh, Rosie Dannon, the author of The Roommate, I think she sort of pioneered the term for okay. for The Roommate. As so, you know, it's a rom-com, but sometimes when people hear rom-com, they think, oh, you know, low heat, just a cutesy book sort of thing. Um, and so we want to be clear, like, nope, it's it's high heat. <laughs>
2: So, do you get embarrassed, You don't get embarrassed like writing about sex and all that.
3: I did tell my mom she was not allowed to read this book. Okay, she ha- already did not comply with that. She is. Oh my gosh. Read an Advanced copy. So I told her once I realized she wasn't going to listen to me when I told her not to read it. I said, "Okay, you can read it, but you can never speak to me about it." Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! That's what I have to say. So, like when I when I think about things like that or like with my first book which was much 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 lower heat it was a a slow burn with really one uh sex scene my some of my mom's friends in a book club read that book which was you know okay fine if that book club reads mistakes were made yeah i will be a little bit (laughs) a little bit embarrassed uh in that regard but but you know i I'd love to write it. I think it's a lot of fun. so well, to be
2: honest, it wasn't i mean i'm I don't mean to mischaracterize it as like a complete like sex show. It just you know there's a lot of heart to it too, and even you know i'm a I'm a divorced mom who has to share custody and is dealing with kids who are you know away, mm-hmm. and you 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 tapped into that too, the like longing for kids, missing kids, how to navigate divorce, and you know there's a lot in there. you packed in a
3: lot. Yeah. Thank you. I, I definitely tried to, it's strange because when I first wrote it, I was closer in age to Cassie, the college student and through various revisions and everything. I'm, I'm now closer in age to, to Aaron, the, the older single mom. And so that's, that has been really, I think, interesting. I think Cassie was probably a lot stronger in, you know, sort of that first, first draft long ago, because that was more where, where I was in life. But yeah, I mean, I, I joke about how many sex scenes it has, and how my mom's not allowed to read it, and all of that. But I do think that it, it does have a lot of heart. I certainly hope that it does. And I think that a lot of romances like that. I think a lot of times romance, as a genre, can be you know dismissed as oh this is trashy or these are just sexy books or whatever. When so much of romance is really I don't know groundbreaking isn't the ra- right word, but um, just sort of important and heartfelt. And there's a lot more to to the books than if they were just sexy books while also at the same time if they're just sexy books that's okay too i you yeah. know i sort of i grew up with that that being taught the literary elitism about romance and i'm glad to have moved past that and be at a point where i'm like if all it is is a sexy book that's enough you know yeah. it, it's about yeah. entertaining people so but yeah i do think that, that this, has, this has book evolved. is not trashy Oh no, I I don't think romance, I think in general romance is not trashy, but I think that people are taught that a lot. I see. Yeah. 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 Wait,
2: so go back a little bit to, Mm -hmm. so obviously you started fan fiction. Did you always, like, when did you start writing? Did you, like, when did you start and have you always been open about your sexuality and all that? Not that it's any Mm -hmm. of my business, but just wondering.
3: Um, Like, when did I start writing mistakes were made or when did I start writing like in general? First in general. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. God, when I was teeny tiny, uh-huh. um, in third grade, we did night writes every Tuesday and you were, you know, we were given a prompt and we were supposed to write. I don't remember anymore, but it was probably like one handwritten page, you know, and I learned to type because I was writing so such long responses to these prompts. So <laughs> when, you know, you would be supposed to turn in one handwritten page and I would turn in four single space type pages (laughs) instead. So I've sort of always been telling stories in that regard. And I think in part because I was raised to sort of look down on romance as a genre and I thought I wasn't supposed to, you know, read or write that sort of thing. um, I think that's one of the reasons that I did get into fan fiction um, is because I was absolutely writing and reading romantic fan fiction um, but I didn't have that sort of outside influence of like oh this is not what you're supposed to be doing so I didn't really realize like oh I'm I'm still in the romance genre just the fan fiction version of it and I that's where I really I think cut my teeth writing learned a ton always made friends with you know made friends with people who wrote better fix than I did and you know sort of badgered them about how much I loved their work until we became friends <laughs> um, some of whom I'm I'm still friends with today, um, and who still read my work and help me brainstorm and help me make everything better. Even now that I'm sort of you know moved on from the fan fiction world, so yes, yeah, so I, I I really learned just so much by writing in fan fiction, and then um, eventually decided, sort of after looking at the number of queer people in media, especially queer women, who aren't given happily ever afters. Mm-hmm. that's really what pushed me into focusing more on it. I was always also writing original fiction, but that's what pushed me more into focusing on it just because I recognized that, you know, this is something that that's necessary and this is something that I can do and I want to do and like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I, I sort of shifted into focusing on original fiction and telling Happily Ever Afters for, I think as my bio says, I think, it's, uh, I write happily ever afters for queer folks who love women. Um, because, you know, originally I did, you know, I'm, I'm non-binary, but I'm assigned female at birth. I sort of grew up within the sapphic community. Um, and that's, that's what I thought I was writing, you know, happily ever afters between women, um, but I have future books on the table that will also include non-binary characters and things like that. So I've adjusted my, my bio just a little bit um, to just be, yeah, happily ever afters for queer folks who love women because there's just not enough of them, I think, in, in media.
2: I love that. Wait, what you've piqued my interest in the next book. So what do you, what, what's coming next?
3: Um, the next book is, is, still, is still two female main characters. Um, it is called Cleat Cute. And it is, between, <laughs> it is between two soccer players who are both uh, fighting for a spot on the roster for the United States in the World Cup, and um, they realize that cooperation may be better than competition, um, both on the field and in the bedroom. Interesting. <laughs> and then my next one after that, which I don't have nailed down yet, I do have a non-binary main character. Will will be, and it will be a. Um, you know, oh, there was a non-refundable honeymoon that we have to go on together. It's a forced, forced proximity sort of, uh, yeah. uh, sort of book.
2: Yeah, I want to try writing one of those. Where like you're all stuck somewhere, or, like right? Yeah, <laughs> there's a certain amount of time, and you're all in the same place. Like, I don't know. I, I think that'd be fun to try.
3: I like that outside. That, yeah. that outside pressure. I'm like
2: somebody give me an assignment, <laughs> as opposed to the novel that I am writing, which is like, I wonder where I'm going to get <laughs> if I win. <laughs> did you um did you ever have trouble like selling this concept or did you find this very easy to sell this book the the previous book, like obviously it's so necessary in the market and you've totally like hit the sweet spot. I, I'll stop making like. <laughs> Now my mind is in a bad place, but not a bad place, but you know what I mean? Just, yeah, an innuendo place. An innuendo place, yes, let's say that. So did you ever, like, did you get pushback? Did you know which publisher to to pitch to? Did you have trouble getting an agent, or was it, like, an easy process for you?
3: So I, with something to talk about, which was my first book, Mm -hmm. I did a program called Pitch Wars, which doesn't exist anymore, but it is a writing mentorship program. And got paired up with a great mentor and went through that. That's how I got my first agent. But sort of all the way through that, you know, my mentor did I don't know caution is maybe the right word to caution me of you know you might there might be less interest just be just because of the way that the romance world works and all of that. And something to talk about came out in 2020 through Berkeley, and it was actually Berkeley's first FF romance in print. Mm -hmm. So it was. I don't want to say it was groundbreaking because obviously people have been writing queer romance forever for long before sort of mainstream publishing was paying attention, but, but it was their first FF romance in print. And I I didn't, didn't get pushed back. You know, I didn't get pushback on it. I, I did get my agent. I did get a book deal. The the book came out, but I sort of with mistakes were made. I feel like it's just such a different climate. You know, when something to talk about came out, I was, desperate searching for other people who were, who were writing FF and mm-hmm. trying and either getting or trying to get published, you know, by sort of, you know, the big five or whatever. Whereas now there's a lot of, a lot of us, or at least a lot more of us. And so I think that in the time between something to talk about and mistakes were made, there has been a real growth of the community. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it is, it's a strong community. I really, I like everybody in it, <laughs> Um, so I, that has been really heartening to see, and I hope that only continues to, to grow.
2: Did you have any other titles that you were considering for this?
3: Uh, so I, I lovingly refer to this book as the MILF book. And I really tried to get, I spent a long time coming up with titles that would abbreviate into M-I-L-F. Mm. So I really pushed for Make It Last Forever just so that I could abbreviate it to MILF every time I talked about it. <laughs> but uh, I think Mistakes Were Made is is the right pick for sure.
2: You were vetoed on that
3: by the publisher? It, I, wasn't, I wasn't vetoed. It was included in a right. variety of, of options and everybody really liked Mistakes Were Made. And I'm I love. Mr. No, Ryan. I love the title. I've yeah. The title.
2: It's, so, it's just such a great thing. Is this going to be a movie? Do you think? I feel like it has. I a would love cinematic.
3: it. Too. <laughs> Please tell Hollywood that.
2: Right. Uh, it's like a total, like, you know, in the olden days, what's her name? Meg Ryan type thing, but not. I Meg would R- not Billy <laughs> Crystal
3: or whatever. <laughs> or Tom Hanks.
2: Tom Hanks. That's it. That's yeah,
3: it. Yeah. I would. I would love that. I would love to see that. I guess. Fingers crossed.
2: <laughs> Yeah. It's great. I can see, I'm sure. Well, I don't know. I think it's very visual the way you wrote it. You know, you can like see yourself in all these different scenes and restaurants and homes and, you know, even at the end with <laughs> our little happy, happy ending of sorts. I won't, Yeah. I won't. Um, oh my gosh. There I go again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when you're not writing, tell me about your life.
3: Gosh, lately it's all writing because I, I am on deadline for for cute but when i'm not ready and i live with my wife in michigan um we have a dog and a cat we don't take our dog off out enough and give her enough exercise so we're constantly trying to because she is just a ball of energy but yeah my mom uh, lives on the shores of lake michigan so we spend a lot of time at the beach uh especially now it's the end of summer i think i think i've probably swam in the lake for the for the last time this year but Love, love being outdoors and hanging out with my family.
2: Was your book inspired at all by a particular mom of a friend of yours?
3: <laughs> it was not, no. <laughs> uh, I will say just in terms of, uh, of are you also asking, like, could it be a movie? The characters' looks changed drastically once I realized that I could cast Kobe Smulders, who is from How I Met Your Mother. She's Robin and How I Met Your Mother, once I realized I could cast her as Erin in if in like a movie version, I, I leaned into that. I think I think as I went. But I think in the in the first draft she maybe had blonde hair. And I just switched everything up as soon as I realized that I could do that. I loved it. I love to cast, you know, actors or models or whatever in my mind uh, as, as my characters and go from there.
2: That's smart. Well, it's neat. I love how you have like smart women, you know, like a doctor and a, you know, when she was going to go work at NASA or something crazy. Like, it's awesome. Like, just letting passion out and like real feelings. And whether it's, you know, what do you call it? FF or F, I don't even know that, or F, it doesn't matter who it is, right? Yeah. Like that raw energy coming out on the page. Really great. Really captivating.
3: Thank you. Yeah. I, What what I try to do, and I did this, you know, with with something to talk about as well, I try to give sort of put different types of women on the page, I Mm -hmm. guess, you know, I don't, there's not any one type of woman that I'm like, oh, this is the way to be, you know, oh, you have to be the strong female character, or you have to be this, or you have to be whatever. So just sort of exploring the characters and dynamics between characters of a whole bunch of different women.
2: Amazing. Uh, Do you have any advice for aspiring authors?
3: For aspiring authors, I always, my my sort of number one thing that I say is write the next book, Mm. especially, I mean, at at least if you are trying to write books and and get into publishing, you're always going to have to write the next one. Whether you are, you know, queer at a querying stage and you don't have an agent yet and you're sending out queries for a book, you're going to need another book. To have a career at some point so start mm-hmm. writing the next one while you're sending queries or once you have an agent you know if you go out on submission to editors you're gonna have to ne- have another book at some point so rather than freaking out and being nervous about being on submission write the next book and so that that's my go-to advice also for myself as well as <laughs> as well as for aspiring writers of so just any time that you're sort of floundering and feeling lost in anxiety or you know this great big world of course, be gentle with yourself. I'm not saying you have to produce all the time, but when you don't know what to do next, writing the next book is, I think, often the way to go. Yes.
2: Or even just trying to finish the one you're
3: working on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is where I am
2: right now. <laughs> Amazing. Meryl, thank you so much. Thank you for discussing Mistakes Were Made and for the entertainment and thought provokingness of the whole book. <laughs> and, um, yeah. It's awesome. I really wish you all the best. I'm excited for Cleek Cute and all thank the, you. all your, I'm going to follow all your titles forever now. Cause you have like all these, it's great. Really well, thank
3: awesome. you. Thank you so much. And thank you again for having me. This was a My lovely pleasure. little chat. Yes. Um, and I was really glad to be here. You too. Okay. Bye. Okay. Talk to you later.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books.